1: Man, I feel like a winner.
0: All right, Brian McCubbin.
1: How's everyone doing?
0: It's season. David Hall. I'm a bundle of joy. (laughs) Greg Hectus. I showed up. And welcome back, Will Gibson.
2: Hey, how's it going, guys? All right. Today, we visit with the old teammate, Will Gibson. We introduce several new series, and Dell Jr. asks the community a question. We hear Mike debate what formula wheel to get. So come take a load off and join us in the lounge.
3: And remember, you can follow along with us on your PC or mobile device in real time as you listen to the show. And see for yourself all the great topics and products we'll be discussing by visiting iRacersLounge.com and selecting show notes. So let's see you there, okay?
0: Sim Coaches offers the realistic sim racing equipment you need to win more races online. It is designed for real racers, hydraulic construction, makes them feel like the real thing. High quality construction, 100% leak proof and lifetime warranty are the key features with these pedals. And they look absolutely amazing. Check out simcoaches.com and use the coupon code iRacersLounge to get 10% off your purchase. simcoaches.com is your ticket to feel like you're actually sitting behind the wheel of a car, drive harder and stay on the limit longer. Hi, will gibson you're back i heard from you unexpectedly uh coming on the show and hanging out uh tell us what's up
4: uh not much not much i uh, just uh figured i'd stop by say hi um i've uh joined the lionheart racing league so i got that coming up and i've been working on some youtube stuff um I haven't really raced a whole lot in like the last i would say probably six seven months but i'm really looking forward to this upcoming season and uh I always listen to your guys' show, so I feel like I, I stay connected that way. So,
0: well, awesome. I mean, I've seen your tw- uh, your twitters about the Lionheart. Man, that's a that's a steep curve to jump into that series. I mean, that's a a tr- uh, a long traditional series that's been around for quite some time with some heavy hitters too.
4: Yeah, no, those guys are really good. Very friendly group of guys. Um. My dad and I were talking about finding a league. He still does a lot of the IndyCar stuff, and I said, Lionheart's the best. Uh, When I first heard about iRacing, I was uh, looking for dirt racing and IndyCar league because I did uh, some IndyCar racing in Project Cars. That was kind of my dabble into sim racing more competitively. and uh, So I've known about Lionheart for a long time, and he was like, let's do it. And him and I both made it into their Speedway series, which runs the DW12, and we raced that solely on ovals and i'll be part of the retro series which races the lotus 79 um at, i believe 10 ovals and eight road courses through the course of the season so i'm not in the premier top dog IndyCar league but i uh have a little ways to go there and i feel like i'm in a got a big challenge ahead but i think i can do it
0: nice is that open or fixed
4: it is a custom fixed setup so they have some people in the league that build a setup that promotes good racing um, I did some practice races with them before the events uh, last year to kind of qualify my way in, and I held my own. They were uh, they were good sets. They were very raceable. Promotes really good racing. All
0: right. So you got Lionheart. What about uh, NI- You doing N I S Next Gen? Anything like that?
4: Uh, my side project for this uh, this season, I was actually going to try to focus on the tour mod and doing setups for them, and kind of posting them to the forums. I've already started on Southern National and uh i don't know i just felt like it would be good for the community to kind of post up free sets and they probably won't be rocket ships by no means but i do enjoy learning it um as far as nis and stuff i got the uh really the last nis race i did was the 2020 they 500 i pick up my first win there and uh i don't know I, I like racing the big heavy cars but it's uh those things can be demo derby sometimes not always but I don't know. It's something about the open wheel cars. Once you wreck out, you're out of the race. And I, I, don't know. I enjoy that a little more than tearing the fenders up and getting back out there. And I don't know. Just more my cup of tea.
1: I'm team no fenders over here. If you need to test dummy for mod setups, I'll test them for you.
0: I was going to ask. I mean, where do you even start learning dirt setups? I mean, are you using Motec? Are you looking at ride heights? I mean, where do you even start?
4: Well, so I'm starting with the the asphalt asphalt tour mod. Um, I I love dirt racing. You guys know that, that. That's really one of the key things that brought me to iRacing. But until they make improvements to the damage model and the tire model, I just feel it's more on the edge of arcade. A lot of just crazy slide jobs, and unless you're with the top top split guys, it's just not as enjoyable for me. And maybe that's just me being too picky. But the Tormod stuff, I'm working on a workbook now. I bought about three or four books on eBay, um, making sense of squiggly lines, data power, and just really kind of taking my time learning and kind of breaking it down into sections, building the right spring package. And I used to race go-karts and stuff, so I understand cross-weight, nose-weight, left-side weight. But it's, uh, it's on a whole nother level once you get involved in the MoTeC and just how competitive iRacing is in general.
1: What kind of go-kart were you in?
4: Uh, they call them speedway sprints was kind of the last thing I drove, kind of like similar to what they would race at Millbridge, um, which has gained a lot of popularity um, with no suspension, just pretty much you pretty much had a camber caster and tire pressure to all to work with, so I know that part of the setup pretty well.
0: Alright, I guess I get my mods mixed up, but you're talking pavement mod, okay, I get it now.
4: Yeah, I feel like that's probably the best stepping stone to getting better at, I would say once I figured out the the tour mod I would then look at I would say the B car because I feel like they have a pretty competitive open series and then after that would be the a car
0: all right and uh and your dad is still racing I actually seen him at a I think it was a carb cup one night but um what's he doing he's just doing the Lionheart with you is he doing other stuff too
4: uh yeah I would say most of his stuff this year is going to be Lionheart he uh backed off of some of the official racing over the winter. Uh, just doing some traveling and stuff. Um, my stepsister just had a kid, so I know he went out to Texas for that, and he hasn't been on the rig as much during the winter, but yeah, no, we're ready to kind of sit down and really take a crack at this Lionheart thing. Uh, my main goals there are to not embarrass myself, but to still beat him, so.
0: Tough goals, okay. Well, well, thanks for coming back. Um, you were on this team for a long time, uh, obviously on the podcast as a host, and for the longest time and you've you've made a lot of changes to our show uh even the format that we have today is still a will gibson format so uh for that i i thank you sir
4: oh hey no i loved it i appreciated all the time i spent here with you guys it was uh a ton of fun great life experience and uh really helped me with my ability to speak in public um but you know no, i enjoy i listen to the show every week and uh really enjoy it so
0: well hey we're, we're happy to have you back anytime and, and this is great we didn't have a guest you hit me up we're happy to have you so with that let's jump right into stories
2: All right, the first story we have is Road to Pro, and we have a tweet from Local Average Guy. He posted a Google Doc of the current results from the Road to Pro Qualifier Series Round 1 that was at Daytona, and he shows Seth Demershin is currently sitting atop the points.
0: Yeah, my name probably on there somewhere, but I wrecked out when I ran my Road to Pro. Uh, pretty early, Didn't it wasn't anything to do with me, it was something up in front of me I couldn't miss, but... Uh, kind of neat to look at this uh, Google Doc, though, guys, and and see uh, you know this incredible uh, tracking system this guy's developed, um, which probably could be reused for a league or something else. Um, it's kind of a neat template. He's got different tabs across the bottom for each uh, week, um, all the drivers in a list. He's got the points, uh, starting f- position, finish position, laps led, how many incidents, and strength of field. Um, pretty cool.
1: How'd you do in that, Mike?
0: I'm searching my front. name now. I got nine points total. Mm. I'm 888 on the list.
4: Well, you get a drop week. Yeah, would so say you get drop week. So plenty of time to catch up.
5: Only, uh, only the bottom is the, when you're at the bottom, you can only go up, right?
2: So you're saying there's a chance.
0: <laughs> it was fun though. I would, I mean, it was just like, uh, you know, being in a NIS type race, because you're in a split with just people within a hundred I rating of you, you know, so there were a lot of people signed up for that event. I don't remember how much, I think it was quite a, I mean, I don't remember maybe a thousand, but, um, it were a bunch and obviously it split up a bunch of times. And it'll trail off
5: at the amount of people that they get the further they go into the season too. Right.
4: People I'm sure. Just,
5: I mean, probably after week one, some people. Maybe after week two, people will probably start dropping out, right?
2: I hope this guy keeps posting that. If he does, we'll I'm sure we'll keep throwing it up on the uh, on the website. Uh, hey, Adam, what do you think of this uh, F1 post we got here next on the show?
1: Uh, I haven't seen it. I don't have my thing up here. I'll take that one for <laughs> you, Adam. Um, so it's
5: been a busy couple of weeks in the F1. Uh, you know series in general they've been uh unveiling all their new cars and uh the other day mercedes unveiled their new car before their barcelona test and steve myers had put a little you know a little teaser uh photo of it obviously from the mercedes uh twitter page um of their uh what do they call it w13 a- or the mercedes amg w13 and he goes can't wait to drive this in iRacing." racing and no we are not working on it yet but it's kind of uh enticing that he's kind of putting it out there still that this is still a project to do for them
0: so cool yeah you kind of wondered if they had uh you know drawings or anything yet um but uh no he confirms they don't they haven't started but i'm sure they will soon you know probably uh probably right after the first race i would guess
5: I would guess it's probably a couple races in because they haven't even, they this test that they've been running this week has been closed to anything. There's only specific media are allowed at it and it's not televised like it normally would. The first one, I think it's just to shake everything down. And now uh, um, they'll have another test, I think in a couple weeks here where it's actually broadcast and probably all the bits that are supposed to be on these cars are actually going to show up to that test and be on the car.
3: That was always one of my turns with the F1 cars and scanning it. Is um, it, it's it's so unprecedented the access iRacing has gotten to these things with the secrecy that's involved. Now we got last year's, but that was like really at the very tail end of the season, right? So um, I I my I'd be surprised if uh, Mercedes gives them any kind of early access to it and apparently they haven't, uh, judging by Steve Meyer's tweet here, but when will they open the gates for iRacing to come in and do that scan? My, my guess, I, I kind of agree more with Greg, that it won't be until a little bit later in the season after the cat's really out of the bag and, and things start to play out in the season.
5: Well, and the thing is with F1, too, is this is such a brand-new car that they got. One of these teams is going to hit on it right, and then they're going to get, all these other teams are going to start developing their car kind of around some of the philosophy of that team that seems to have it right and that's going to change some of the things so there's no guarantee that this Mercedes car is is going to be one of the best on the grid but you know it's going to be up there
4: well i i think they still have a lot of in-house work to do to get the real life car data to match up with their in-house simulator data i think as that gap narrows they'll probably be at a point Where they could say hey iRacing this is what it actually is and uh so i I would understand if they were maybe working on the artwork of the car at this point but i think until mercedes gets their in-house simulator car to pair up to the real car there's really not a whole lot they could really give iRacing to translate it over to our sim
5: have you ever wondered that too will with uh like i I was listening to some of the stuff in the off season here and they're saying they're doing all the sim work i'm like How do you know what this car is going to feel like when you've never been on a track with it? How do they, I think obviously they have the best engineers in the world to create a sim, but how do you know what the car is going to do? How do you know what an 18 inch tire is going to do compared to the, you know, the, I think there were 15s before or 13s before.
4: Well, two things when they first announced this car and the old car were coming to iRacing was right around the time they hired that engineer. I believe that worked on R factor too. And a lot of those in-house simulators are mods of R factor Two. their advantages, though, they can get telemetry at 360 hertz versus the 60 hertz we get. So their data is a lot finer, a lot more accurate off of that. And I think that's why they use it. And I was really hoping as time went on that iRacing would get to that level and that a lot of these pro teams can actually source iRacing as their in-house simulators essentially like an iRacing Pro was kind of what I was hoping because at that point it would speed the data up coming from the teams to us as members Um, so that was kind of my hope there and I've also heard that it's actually easier to simulate a a shorter sidewall than it is to simulate the taller sidewall because you don't have to worry about as much flex Um, now I don't know how true that is and I know iRacing does their tires differently than others because they're not they're trying to make it as realistic of a tire rather than just following tire data. So, but that was kind of my initial hope when Mercedes paired with iRacing is as time goes on, why aren't these teams using iRacing in their in-house simulators? And I know, I think the first issue is that 60 Hertz telemetry versus the 360. Um, But I think one day that might be the future for iRacing to get this car on the ground floor. So the turnover to us, the members would be a lot quicker. I wonder, with
5: any of these acquisitions that they've done, is is it is it to help them get into a different, uh, with using another company's, you know, not using their technology, but using their know-how, maybe to, uh, and having some extra specialties to try some things to to bring it up to maybe that spec someday.
4: Um, if you guys don't mind, I'll keep going. I think the reason they acquired the I believe it's the publisher that did some of those NASCAR heat games. Is so they had an option because Motorsports Games pretty much won the bid for IndyCar. So you're seeing a lot more e-sport type events around R Factor Two. Motorsports Games is making an IndyCar console game, and I feel like if I'm IndyCar, it makes sense that you want to pair with a console provider because that gets your game into more hands. I know I grew up playing the old NASCAR 2000. I remember doing the Press Triangle for your pit stop and Circle Square L1. Um, So, I mean, as a kid growing up, those console games were, I mean, perfect for me to become a bigger fan of the sport and sim racing in general. So I think some of those acquisitions were about getting options to go to console as well as the sim. And uh, some of those, I think, were technology-based as well to go there.
0: All right, let's bounce on.
4: How about... um podiums in iRacing now that we're talking
2: about software we've got uh mark Hedichu, or uh, that's man the, how do you pronounce that he's shoe um uh, he posted in the forums just curious so i've actually I'll managed to hang out <laughs> in the podium <laughs> for a few races and iRacing where is the podium show me the podium i i looked in the message and he said even uh some of the other little cheap games have have a podium so he wants a podium animation if you if you score a podium,
0: yeah, the
5: podium thing is like a European road racing side. Whereas you know, oval celebrates one winner and that's it. Everybody else is a loser, right?
2: Yeah, but if you you got to go look at the thread as as well because Norm Hare has an awesome reply. If you just scroll down a little and look at the last
4: comment or reply, I say I remember a sight bike on the NES had a podium, and that was years and years ago yeah it's it is more of a, a road
2: racing thing but there is a lot of road racing in iRacing um so but th- that's kind of more of a video game type thing
5: now now is norm saying that he wants to flush this idea
0: so you know i want to drive into win an indie and then you know drive the car over to the little elevator thing and it lifts you up to the victory lane let's have the celebration be track appropriate like you know a podium doesn't make sense at every track you know especially if it's a nascar race but uh but you know like if you're road racing and stuff sure if you win at spa yeah let's put you up on the podium
4: i think they could utilize like a photo mode i think it's kind of what they need if you had the option to put your car on a podium um just so you could take screenshots to post to social media i think that would be really awesome and just maybe it doesn't have to be right there live time but you could go after the fact and load up a kind of like you see the paint viewer but instead of a white background put it on a podium at a certain track or in victory lane
5: what if what if they did that on that that screen where we get the printout of the uh the winners and where you get your eye rating and all that stuff have it as like the main like a top banner as the winner photo or the top three Only thing with there
2: is you start running into issues whether or not you're getting trading paints paint in there or not. If once you start taking it uh, in onto the website,
5: well, you wouldn't have it on the website, right? Because it just shows the iRacing paints on the website, does it not? Yeah, it would just show what your default paint from iRacing is.
3: I don't know. I, you know, the closest thing I think iRacing has to like console games is like their trophy stuff, you know, where you get trophies for accomplishing certain feats you know that's not really you know that's not really something you would see in real life i guess but that's the closest thing i remember i can think of to to be in a, a console-based reward system
5: i feel like i'm gonna hear tony rochette tomorrow in chat and yelling at his his car radio saying i don't care about podiums i want the new damage model <laughs> he,
0: he wants his wine bottle etched with the daytona 500 <laughs> on it yeah
2: Spoilers. All right. Well, speaking of new etchings, uh, Brian, we have a new logo for the iRacing series.
3: Yeah, this was something I noticed uh, last week. Uh, Nick Simon noticed it as well and commented on the forums that uh, that iRacing has this new NIS logo, and he wants to know if uh, they can add some files so he can add this logo to his paints. You know, like you like your typical NASCAR sticker that you have on your window or your uh, your cup series uh, stickers and stuff like that. So, uh, so yeah. So, why not? Why not create a sticker for this and add this to uh, to something you can put on your car?
5: I'm guessing no, no staff got back to
0: them.
3: Well, um, yeah,
0: doesn't look like I it. I haven't yet. seen anything. But, no, no you know, high res versions.
3: Right, no high resolution. You know, you can always crop it from you know from a screen and and add it to you know whatever trading uh, program you're painting program you're
2: using I guess if you're going to shrink it down to a paint and it's not vector it's not gonna. Need, it doesn't need to be any higher res than it already is because you're going to drop it down to an even smaller resolution I could
1: have that on my paint scheme in two seconds right here yeah,
5: so yeah it's when you, what I noticed, it up, you want it you want the highest resolution to start off with you're using it for something big but that small is, you can still paint a whole car with that thing almost the size of
0: it it's only in fixed though it's not on the open So I would expect to see it both on NIS Open and NIS Fix. But, um, yeah, it's just one at the time.
2: This next one's pretty interesting. Uh, Greg, have you taken a look? It's how you rank against other members. And Greg has not taken a look. He must be doing some streaming stuff. Adam, have you gotten your show notes up now?
1: I do. Um, Derek M. Cyphers posted links he created on public.tabloo.com to see how you tank in iRacing with your iRating and safety rating in all four categories of licenses.
0: This is so cool. So you click the link, you pick either road, oval, dirt road, or dirt oval. You type in your driver ID um, up in the upper right corner, and then it tells you your iRating percentile. And so I am in the 90th percentile, 90th percentage um, Of all iRacers, and so I'm pretty pleased about that. I thought it would be lower than that. My safety rating 70% percentile. Not so great. I'm 99.2 percentile.
5: Good lord,
2: I'm
1: 93%. 98.1. How's everyone's safety rating?
2: Uh, 96.3.
1: 90.
0: 48.1. Safety rating percentile. So there's a, a graph here comparing, you know, I rating to the number of drivers. And uh, so they do a, you know, a percentile calculation based on that. I love stats. Pretty neat. I'm going to probably bookmark that one. That's freaking cool. <laughs> huh. Now look at, now look at the dirt or the road one and see how you do. Oh
1: God. I think we're just going to close the link and not look at that. <laughs> 82 road. Let's see. Anyway.
2: So you're saying you're not in the top 10, Adam? What, on road? On road?
1: No, I, I can't even get my ID on.
2: Well, the reason well, I mentioned. Oh, okay. okay. so go ahead.
0: We I'm setting up for, a nice transition. We're 41.9. I suck. 46 percentile for me, 46.
2: So none of us are in the top 10%, it would appear. But what about these videos? Are they not in the top 10, Mike?
0: Yeah, the iRacing not ten, Top 10 Highlights for February has been released, and uh, it's it's pretty freaking cool this time. The uh, Usual carnage, but th- the very first one is a little bit different. It's Daniel Morad, I think it's his name, and he uh, if, if he reached a certain amount of subscriptions on his Twitch, he said he would uh, rip his hair off his leg, he would wax the hair off his leg. So... He he has the pedal cam, and he has a strip of hot wax uh, paper thing. He he put on his really hairy leg, and and right there on the pedal cam, he he reached down and just ripped that baby right off, and and then he uh, shows his face and the pain uh, as he uh, goes through the stunt for getting so many different subscribers. He's uh he's the IMSA
5: driver. Um, that's uh. Former teammate Mike Worley knows him, but, uh, yeah, he's the IMSA driver. Um, drives Mercedes in their IMSA events.
0: Yeah, that was pretty neat. And then the second one was pretty cool, too. I mean, uh, uh, late models, that it looks like at uh, Lime Rock, and a guy is coming down to the last turn, and he's barrel rolling down the hill and and just totally lands on this guy's hood. I mean, it, such a violent hit. Most corner workers need to be fired. They're just standing there talking
5: about it.
2: That would be an interesting addition if they actually activated some kind of reaction into the corner workers if there's an accident near them.
0: I th- and there was a, another entry from Dan Murad of uh, Charlotte Oval, uh, Formula V, and Indy cars together. And it's quite the carnage uh, mess. And boy, it really is a, a, a nice tribute to the damage model. You get to see... Uh, wheels and shocks and body parts everywhere. Is it just me or does that indie car look like it's like
5: on big on like big mode where uh compared to these little V cars? Almost look
0: like mini indie cars, right?
5: Oh my god, there's the one part when one of them collides it just like parts everywhere.
0: Now as you get towards the end of the video, there's a lot of Bathurst uh wrecks, of course. Uh, down at the starting grid of, ba- of Bathurst, uh, the GTS just all pile up and literally block the track. I mean, there's like nowhere to go. I mean, twenty car pile up. Or as they go up through the the up to, up the mountain, as they um, go through the first front stretch, a big pile up where the track is completely blocked, and you got people ARCA breaking into that and stuff too. One Could of you
4: those. Imagine th-
0: like
5: that just you're getting ready for this big long event and then that happens like that just sucks
4: i think that first uh bathurst incident was actually um i think uh, like um a test run for race spot before the broadcast so that wasn't an official race i don't believe i think that was just a practice run which was probably pretty good for those guys to kind of get that out of the way before they were broadcasting that race
5: seems like everything this uh some of the things that we've gone through this last week needed a practice run before it gets into the real thing hey mike
0: yeah and then they showed the guy doing the jump at Bathurst down at the bottom of the hill and where he landed it but then he still hit the wall afterwards we we they showed that as a separate clip we reviewed before that wreck at
5: watkins Glen in the uh TCR cars. Oh my God. That reminds me of the Gordon crash years ago at Watkins Glen.
3: That one was showing a lot of cool damage model stuff. Too. That was a really good one.
5: They really need to get the damage model on a lot more cars. Do they not?
0: Oh, well, we do have an update on that later in the show. Next up, uh, none other than director of iRacing Dale Earnhardt jr. He posted in the forums, imagine the pro late model being similar To the current super, but with less power. Of these two choices, what do you prefer? Would you rather have the updated late model stock or a new pro late model?
1: I'm going to be biased to this. Up here in the north, we run pro late models, and I would vote for that. Down south, they run super late models.
0: Me
5: being ignorant and Canadian, what's the difference?
1: The same chassis, just. One has more power, but it depends what track you're on. If you're on like a super flat track, you don't need a lot of power. Like Oxford on here, if you had a less powered motor, with the super,
0: you'd go faster. So the voting is 57% for the pro late and 42% for the updated late model. So it looks like you might get your wish there, Adam.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to quit driving those things too. (sighs) They always do something to draw me back in
0: how cool is it that dale earnhardt jr is involved in the decision making of hey what car are we actually gonna work on and and the best part is is he's
5: he's asking people right like when did we didn't really see back in the day you just see a car would show up to iRacing you wouldn't get the you know what do you guys think type thing it was this is what we're doing type thing you really also, you sure like, they weren't
2: following just what they would see in the forms it's just got a little bit more uh, I would say it has more exposure now because it's Dale asking instead of Greg West right it could be
0: but yeah I mean I mean, he did this with uh, the 87 cars and I think he didn't he pick an 87 car though that didn't win the poll well it wasn't it was Buick Pontiac and something else
5: wasn't it wasn't there three choices <laughs> I That's think what the I car remember. He-
4: I think the car he picked, he picked because you could get more creative with the paints to make it look like another car, where I feel like the Pontiac, you were kind of limited. I think that's kind of what ultimately swayed it. But I think it's awesome he's looking at the lower levels of motorsports. I think for so long, iRacing has gone for bigger and bigger and faster cars. And the juniors come in, and we're talking about an updated street stock. We're talking about a mini stock or a a four-banger of some sorts on dirt and asphalt. Now, a new pro late model. So, Dell Jr., I think, is he's looking at the right level of motorsports compared to what iRacing's done for a while because that's what I really enjoy. I think a lot of people can jump on iRacing and drive a mini stock and could go out and buy a mini stock a lot easier than they can an LMP2 car. So, I think it puts, I think it's good for iRacing.
5: Won't this anger all the uh, short track guys that said that uh, when we had all the pandemic and people were watching the, uh, um, the race is online. Telling people you can just go to your local track and do it now. If you get your local track type of car, you won't have to go to your local track to uh, to watch it.
4: Yeah, I think it, I think it'll scratch an itch. I think I'm you can hop on here. <laughs> I think you can hop on iRacing and see if you like it before you go out and buy a whole car. And for the guys who have cars already, it's just more ways to practice.
0: You know, and with oval racing, pavement oval racing, when you struggle with like I am in the next-gen car right now, sometimes it makes sense to, hey, I need to back up. I need to go back to these these lower series and mm-hmm. the short tracks and kind of relearn what's what.
1: Re, re, re-establish the basics. You're right. on that.
2: Well, jumping from the lower-level tiers to Grand Prix, what we got next is a new series. It's the uh, iRacing Grand Prix Tour. Greg, you want to
5: pick this one up? So we got NIS. For- Push your button. There we go. Does that work? <laughs> uh, we got a new uh, series. Instead of uh, we have the NIS on ovals, now we got the iRacing Grand Prix series, which is going to feature, feature a 23 event, uh, full length, 305 kilometer Grand Prix in the AMG Mercedes, um, which is kind of cool. It's uh, for license level D uh 4.0 and up up um so you'll have an events where you're gonna have three minute practice eight minute loan qualifying uh like i said the length races are noted in the schedule there's four drop weeks i mean this is this is pretty serious that you they're gonna get to this uh this amount of stuff uh for this series to have 23 events for it um so there's a fixed and an open uh let's go here trying to figure out some of the times. So Thursdays, there's a Thursday and a Friday. Thursday fixed, Friday's open, Saturday fixed, Sunday open. And there's uh, some GMT times are on the Thursdays, 10, uh, 10 o'clock in the morning GMT time. Uh, I was at 7 o'clock GMT time. There's a, There's a bunch of times. If you want to see the schedule, it's kind of – obviously, it's harder with the GMT conversion, but to go through it all here – um, it's going to be a really nice series, and I, I hope it uh, gets the draws the uh, the uh, people out to
0: to race this car because this will be cool. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm reading this wrong. I might be reading it wrong, but it to me it reads as Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern.
4: Yeah, there seems to be a, basically a race for Australia, Europe, which is kind of around Germany's time zone, um, an Eastern and a Pacific. So yeah, there's pretty much an 8 p.m. Eastern or 8 p.m. start time thursday friday saturday kind of no matter where you are give or take a little bit it's it's very cool i it's like an nis
0: style series where there's only certain amount of starts in the week um i love it and um so i'm gonna do this guys i i i you know i'm not a road guy but i bought this sunday car to, to race it so why not you know and this is sports- sunday night mike no, I'm thinking Saturday night before the uh, Sim 500 league race.
5: Actually, that's not bad. I mean, it's a fix too, right? So it's not
0: so bad. Right. It'll be fixed, bettering. and we run that, and then we jump right into the league race after that.
2: And the way this is laid out, this is there's more starts per week. There's, just, there's eight for the Open right versus five for NIS. So
0: that's true. There's more starts, but it's not the every hour kind of series like normal.
2: Yeah, because it's four starts on a Friday and four starts on a Sunday it's
5: kind of cool so how are... they you know some of the tracks they got for it too so they're kind of trying to base it off of uh close as they can to the world racing or the the Grand Prix racing for it they're just kind of substitute certain tracks in which is kind of cool
4: yeah they uh they looks like they have Long Beach as a supplement to Monaco which I think is great I mean Long Beach is tight it's narrow it's bumpy that's good we got be the tough. hairpin um, and alternatively, they got Belle Isle to cover Sochi, which is a bigger, but still a road course. So, or a street course, sorry. So no, I mean, the schedule looks awesome the way they've done it.
5: They got Zanvort, but they have the old Zanvort for the new Zanvort.
0: So Nick Neven posted, Hey, has anyone figured out if the triple is possible running long beach Indy 500 and the Coke 600 in the same day? I don't
2: think Indy 500 actually runs during the Memorial Day week, does it? For us,
0: isn't it always a
5: week before? I always yeah. try those that a week before.
2: Because I've hmm. never had to run, I've never had to run that and the Coke 600 in the same week. That's true.
5: Yeah, I just we just know that the the was it like the, those two weeks or those three weeks there are a lot of long distance races for those couple weeks.
0: So I put this up in the Discord at the iRacers Lounge Discord and oz uh one of our frequent contributors over there he uh, speculated that this you know the long beach is maybe just a placeholder for monaco because maybe monaco's coming and we just don't know it
5: i'd hate to dash that hope but that's that's I, i've told you how hard that track is going to be to get them to get scanned they'd have to have scan data from it somehow
0: but didn't we hear at some point recently one of those guys say, we're getting a marquee F1 track still, and they haven't named it.
5: That's true. But, I mean, now what's a marquee track. We got a lot of F1 tracks left for them because now they have a 23 work race schedule this year, and there's a lot of tracks.
0: This is exciting. I, you know, I can give a crap about my road eye rating, really. So, I think I'm actually going to do this on Saturday nights if I own the track. I don't know if I'll buy the track, especially if I don't own it, but... Why not, you know, why not run bottom split f1 and just see what happens?
4: <laughs>
0: I probably yeah, recommend this like starting from the pits. pits Start from the pits, okay because I'm thinking about getting an uh, f1 wheel, you know, and this this kind of timing of me getting that wheel works out real good
3: and this is like n i s even though it's an A series car, uh, this series is open for them, so kind of makes me a little nervous having. d-class drivers race in the formula one car
5: it'll be fun i think that's to be honest brian that's the only way they're gonna get a bigger set of field probably too right oh sure yeah well that's that's the
0: the whole thing can we get a big field and we have a bunch of splits and that
4: you know it'd be like wreck avoidance fun
0: did you see anywhere on it
5: how many cars can be in a split
4: I was going to say, are they going to replicate a 20-car field, or are we going to have like a 24, 28? I don't see it on here. I'm trying to find
5: it if there is. There's no full. There's nothing saying it.
3: So um, this, this doesn't – I remember Greg West saying something about having, you know, a uh, Formula One championship, though. So I would imagine there's still a championship season, series uh, to come. It's, some point you know for money like yeah or like uh the coke series or the porsche
0: series yeah and i wouldn't be surprised if they took qualifying from maybe the results of this or something
4: at one point in time didn't they take the nis results as the way to get into coke back in the day yeah yeah uh was it at the top
5: are you one talking about been the I beginning think? of the nis because before it used to be the top 150 dry rating if I remember correctly, is what it used to be for the Pro Series when it first came out as a top 150
0: when we were able to qualify for it. All right, let's keep moving. How about, David, random snap oversteer. That's the words of the week. You,
2: You gave this one to me on purpose, didn't you?
0: I did because of what happened today.
2: All right, so reports are that the next gen has always had an issue with the snap oversteer, and these issues have been exaggerated with the newest changes. This is a phenomenon that we have heard from the test and likely a designed feature with the car. It does not like y'all at all, and a small amount of y'all will start a spin that may be unrecoverable. Yes. Um, we saw Chase Elliott do it twice within 30 minutes at Phoenix, and they both started from small amounts of y'all. Uh, now, this happened to me in the NIS race earlier today, uh, right at the end. But um, it was interesting also, uh, Matt Coker was in the race, talking about what his car was doing at one point, and he had to make a pit in a time when you probably wouldn't make normally make a pit. And he was he was mentioning that it was just getting loose in a place he wasn't expecting. And his running theory is that it's the the diffuser. If the diffuser is getting off the ground or bottoming out and bouncing, that's causing a loss of downforce in the back of the car.
0: Yeah, and the quote you read is from uh, Matt Holden, one of the iRacing engineers and just trying to explain you know this phenomenon of but basically if you get the car twisted at all you're you're done well there's they're, not, they're there's making a some natural. good points in here too like
5: you gotta forget that this car doesn't have any side force anymore and it also has no sidewall to um of the tire to fold under and give you a little bit more grab it kind of just you're on a harder tire so it doesn't have any give to it to, to grab the road anymore.
2: Now, it's not completely unsavable, though. I did save it. I just had to basically give up uh, about 12 positions in the process, right?
5: Getting it straightened back out. But if you, uh, and, and David, I don't know if you feel this too, but even when we run like a road car that has big, big rims, small sidewall, if you start spinning it sideways, a lot of times it's not really recoverable. With, with the tires that they run, it sometimes just keeps sliding until you, you know, you come to a stop.
2: Yeah. If you're running a GT, once the slide starts, you, you usually want to go ahead and just completely lock the brakes up because that makes your car stop turning and it all just, it just starts sliding, but it stops spinning. Right. And tend, tend, it tends to make it a little easier to recover. Um, the only exception is the P1 car. You know, it's basically an upside down airplane. You can get it completely sideways and it'll just straighten itself back out. But the car is harder to drive. And um, it bit me, but I still love it because I ran the, the race today. I ran well until the end. And when you got to people, other than cars that were really close to equal, Nobody could hold you up just because the car had no horsepower. You could pass when you got to cars that were slower than you. And so um, as much as it's taken me a while to figure Callie out, uh, I appreciate it. You know, I I know how much less frustrating it is in the long run.
0: Yeah, it's better than what we had last year. That's for sure. I love it. (laughs) All right. Another new series, Greg, the Moar, Moar Endurance Series.
5: I was wondering if this was going to come up. So the MOAR, or M-O-A-R, Endurance Series, will start in Season 2 and will feature a biweekly race uh, with limited slots uh, for its new content, cars, like the touring cars, the GT4. Um, These two-hour-long solo endurance events uh, will follow along the IMSA Pilot Challenge schedule. Uh, drivers have the opportunity to practice in a race conditions before the endurance event so that basically you can use the IMSA pilot challenges to practice for this endurance event Um, which is kind of cool because I was wondering if having more of these uh, uh, touring cars if they were going to do a series like this so uh, two hours solo I mean that's not a it's a a normal length race for cup race I guess is almost two hours when you race ovals so it's we don't have, we've never had a two-hour endurance race, have we, on here? How are we, David?
2: The BMW Challenge.
5: Oh, yeah, that's right. Those ones, yeah. Um, which is kind of cool that uh, they're going to be doing this. So it looks like it's on Saturdays. There's one Saturday at 1500 GMT, and then there's one on Sunday at 0000 GMT, so midnight, and uh, 2000 GMT on Sunday awesome idea there's a lot of these new series popping up now this is kind of
4: cool i think the pilot the pilot challenge now i don't think the races are long enough for multi-class racing to really be a thing unless somebody wrecks out so i think these two-hour events will be perfect to actually allow these cars to you're gonna catch up to the touring cars in the gt4 car i think in this series and be more multi-class than what we're used to in that pilot challenge
5: well in those races if because you like you said they're short, no cautions. There's just nothing. If you make a mistake, you're you know you got to be substantially faster to make up any ground.
4: My only kind of question is is how can you make the wh- the whole race on a single fuel tank, or are you gonna have to pit? Because I think that's really gonna take it to another level. If you could do it all on one tank, that just seems like it might be too long. But like, it could just be me. To
0: me, this sounds like road NIS.
5: Well, any of the G T four cars, I don't believe they could make a two hour on a tank at, at all. I don't know about the touring cars, but a GT four tank wouldn't be big enough.
0: Now well, th- I read through the thread just to see what people are saying. Most of the discussion is about the time slots. You know, everyone, you know, wants one that works for them, obviously.
2: And you mentioned Rode NIS. Uh that seems to be a good working formula, is uh limited but not single starts like i don't that's one of the reasons i don't like the road to pro is because it's just the one start time and it's hard for me to commit to that because like if we weren't iced in right now i would be working friday night i can't
1: commit i can't commit to road to pro i'm too busy
2: yeah um so it's it's a good format i think that 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 creates strength of filled races in a in a way but still leaves more than one option
5: imsa pilot is fixed though isn't it I wonder—is this fixed no. or open? I can't I don't think find so. that information. IMSA pilot is open.
0: I would expect this to be open. Okay. Okay. I didn't know if, which
5: if it was, but so that it, it, I can't remember. GMT is five ahead, right, David? Of you, yes. So it would be, so so it would be, ten o'clock on know. Saturday night. No,
2: if it's at midnight, that's uh seven that's nine o'clock.
5: No, I'm talking about the one that's on Saturday, fifteen hundred GMT.
2: Fifteen hundred GMT? Yeah, that'd be ten AM.
5: Yeah. It'd be no it'd be ten o'clock at night.
2: No, it'd be ten AM. Fifteen <laughs> oh, hundred Europe is ten AM.
0: Sorry. We're gonna going buy everybody much. GMT watches.
2: Just subtract five. Or or you could just learn to subtract five. It's like second grade math.
5: <laughs> i was going ahead because i thought we were talking about ahead i wasn't i was adding not subtracting i was still doing that <laughs> gotta, right i just was not doing the other thing right
2: title ideal
0: how does greg do maths so brian the next one is for tony rochette
3: yeah i'll, I'll fill in for tony Rochette on this one but this is uh, from tyler hudson he posts in the forums that the new damage model development for the next gen continues it's something we're working on and want to release So. Um, obviously there's no uh, timeframe discussed or anything like that, that I saw. So um, it's, you know, I guess we're all assuming that they were working on it for the next gen car, but I guess this is just confirmation, but you know, that's got to come out sometime soon.
5: Now, my question is, is there any gaps in the Coke series schedule where they have a couple weeks to figure out how well this does? Cause this is this, this, Affects a major series if this is, goes wrong, so that's why they got to be careful when they release it.
0: All Star Week, and,
3: and also why they got to get it on. You know, they got to test it out and make sure it's working right before they release it, and, and Coke drivers start using it. You know, you got too much. Too much is on the line in that series to have something go wrong on the technical
5: side of the sin. I think that's what's held this back so long. It's it's kind of been its own detriment to having and the fact that we switched cars too right that didn't help but the, having a, a pro series that's decided for a lot of money has made this they're hesitant because of how they they let the other one out
0: you know and what i've craven to along the same vein is ai we need ai for next gen i mean it would have been great to run some laps at california with uh, you know the ai or even Daytona, you know, as we, as we prepared for that Daytona 500.
3: That, that's a good point, Mike, because, um, you know, this is a brand new car and, um, you know, it's every, every track we get to, is going to be the first time we've been to it in this car. And, and uh, AI would be a great, great way to prepare for that. So next up on the list, uh, we have, uh, the Porsche tank Hoyer, uh, super cup series. That was, uh, this past Saturday, um and uh was held at barcelona and mike ellis or sorry not mike ellis no relation uh kevin ellis jr wins the the race yeah he wins the race and takes the win at at barcelona um diago diogo um pinto won the uh sprint race before the main feature and uh that actually gave him enough points uh, to take over the points championship seriously, so uh, congratulations to him. Uh, it was uh, really interesting because uh, Kevin Ellis Jr. He actually finished eighth in the uh, in that sprint race, and of course, with the inversion that put him on the pole, and he just took off with it. So, you know, is it what is was he really the fastest car, or did he just get that great? Um, great starting position by finishing eighth in the sprint race uh those those inversions are always real tricky um because uh it's 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 great to finish in eighth but if you finish in ninth you're you're not getting that inversion so uh i don't know how many if people were racing for that spot or not in the sprint but it's it's always seems to be a factor in these type of races
0: yeah and also in these guys uh, I was gonna say brian these guys are making names for themselves you know some of the heavy uh, hitters you know from last year aren't there like jaw like uh the the reigning champion so josh rogers right so there's a lot of uh people you know big shoes to fill and you know kevin ellis jr certainly putting his name out there
3: yeah and to be fair once he did get that pole position he, he actually dominated that race pretty well so he was definitely fast you know, even if you finish eighth in that sprint, um, you you got to be really fast to hold everyone back in the in that finals finals uh, stage there. So congratulations to Kevin Ellis Jr. And uh, also, I uh, want to mention that uh, in the All Star race and the prelude to that, uh, the win went to uh, Jimmy Broadbent. You know, a famous uh, podcast uh, not podcaster, but a streamer. Uh, he always puts out great material. Uh, he's never been super competitive in those races, so uh, I'm sure this was a was a big win for him.
0: Nice. This is also the last week to qualify for the Canada Porsche Esports Sprint Challenge, Greg.
5: Yeah. So I've been uh, working on this uh, the last couple, uh, or last week here or so. Um, I actually am off work tomorrow, so I'm going to take most of tomorrow and finish up qualifying for it and hopefully to uh to do it
0: what kind of do you have any idea how many people are are you're up against or what's going on
5: uh i'd have to check on it the last i saw it was over a hundred um have qualified for the three different because there's three different tracks and then they add them up um total um but uh there's some heavy hitters in there that have set some some decent times but uh it's, it's, looking, it's looking pretty good.
0: Nice. Let's talk housekeeping. To, uh,
5: represent the, uh, the lounge and Canada in the top 40 there.
0: Yeah. We're, you, know, you might have to miss some of the recordings if this works out right, but we'll be pulling for you.
5: I'm just trying to figure out. Yeah, because they're 8 p.m. Eastern races starting in March.
2: want to take a break from the show for a moment to tell you about our sponsor sim coaches months ago i made the switch to sim coaches from load cell pedals i can tell you from the experience the difference is huge i'm able to break deeper than my competition and be smoother on the power exiting the corner they have helped me a ton right now for a limited time sim coaches is offering our audience 10 percent off your order you can't find a better deal anywhere else use code iracerslounge at checkout head over to the simcoaches.com website and get yours
0: now all right so housekeeping don't forget the aftermath podcast i'm guessing they're going to record this weekend it's been a while we have a, a website where you get those links uh it's not so great today but it does work guys so check it out and we're on wisdom wisdom is what it's called sorry wisdom audio is apparently a podcast platform i've never heard of but they contacted us and said hey we want you to be part of our portfolio and so now you can get the irish lounge at wisdom.audio don't forget we're on the performance on. motorsports network go ahead brian
3: yeah, I was just going to uh, give you a quick update. Uh, so the um, this uh, script will be in our show notes. It might be a little delayed because we had a little bit of technical issues, but it will be in there, and it will be just as good as always.
0: Yeah, you can get the link to the Wisdom uh, and check that out. Uh, we're on Spotify, Performance Motorsports Network, and uh, don't forget Discord. We're having great discussions over there. I'm always putting up... a a preview to one of our story ideas so we can get a discussion going so come join us on discord next uh fantasy all
3: right uh so uh i actually uh tony grooves who is our fantasy guru he was not able to make it tonight but he uh he wanted to submit to me uh something that he wrote down to share with his thoughts of uh the first week of the fantasy so uh Here's from Tony. He says, uh, What a great out for the third annual Irish Lounge podcast fantasy league. And I agree with him. Uh, that was, we did have a great participation. He said, I'm pretty stoked for another fun season. I see last year's champion has returned and is starting out in a strong fashion in a three way tie for third place with uh, a random tardigrade. Uh, and our own Jedi McFly, Chris Scales. Congratulations, Scales. Uh, so Tony's strategy of being ultra-conservative didn't really totally pay off the way it was, he was hoping, out, hoping. but um, being the first race, he's not too bothered by it. Daytona's always a, a crapshoot as far as how, how cars finish. Um, so we, we have lots to learn over the next few races with this new car as we head to California and hopefully get a better look at what we can expect throughout the season. So Keselowski was is a hot commodity this past week. He did so well in the duels. He was real, real t- strong all week long. But um, so could that be a trend? You know, it's something to look at. Um, but I'm not thinking it's likely, but with uh, there being practices this year, I think we'll have a better idea going in each week how these cars are going to run. That was always the trickiest part of doing these fantasies: is that you know, without practices, you didn't know who was looking strong. If somebody who was uh, not someone you would normally think of running well uh, starts coming on strong, you know, all those things you can you can get a little bit better idea if you pay attention to to the practices. So, uh, so uh, Tony's got his eye on. Kyle Larson this week. I think that's a really good pick. Um, Might be a good time to test the waters with them. Just to remember, there's only 10 uh, 10 uses. Um, So, 10 uses for each driver. So, if you haven't joined yet, head over to nascar.com, go to the fantasy section, and search up iRaces Lounge Podcast League and sign up and see how you stack up. You've only missed one week. It's not the end of the world. Um, and it's a, it's a weird week with Daytona. So many, uh, so many things go, go crazy in that race. It's not too late to get in and still, still finish this season strong.
5: I was going to say, uh, Mike, Steven, Adam and Kyle are probably going to want mulligans from week one. <laughs> yeah, I just <laughs> like, Bottom six or seven there. Hey, I had to give I mean, you guys a handicap. you didn't even try. I had
1: to give so, you guys a handicap.
0: Well, Adam, you had zero, and Kyle had zero, so you guys didn't pick, obviously. Is there a but playoff? Steve Llewellyn, dead last. Steve Llewellyn, I, I just need to point out, dead last. And guess who is second to dead last? Smile and Ninja. You know, our, our heavy hitter from last season, second to dead last. Uh, yeah, we have 80 people total signed up, but only it looks like 49 actually submitted picks. So we're, we got 49 people in the first week.
5: Yeah, it's it, it's going to be it's interesting now that we got a lot more people on this season. And uh, it'll be fun to see how this whole new season turns out. Uh, I think we're going to learn just what this car is about uh, coming this weekend and starting I guess their first practice will be Saturday uh, with this car. But yeah, it's gonna be awesome to see this car. In a, I haven't seen it in California so, what, since what, 2018? And uh, now they're gonna, um, 2018, 2019, and get to see the, this new car running there. I have a feeling the Chevys and the Toyotas are gonna probably outshine some of those Fords because the Fords seem to only work together at the, to- the plate tracks. They didn't qualify very well on speed.
0: Uh, somebody asked for a link to the fantasy. I don't think we can link to it. Uh, we we kind of tried to figure that out, but it, it's like Brian said: get the NASCAR app and click fantasy, and then search from there.
2: All right, let's start talking hardware. We have a lot of hardware to hit this weekend. The first one is a company review from Complex SimWorks, uh, aka Etsy. I guess, or that's a they're a part of the Etsy shop. Um, and it looks like they're mostly working in uh, iFlag type hardware, right? And Streamlabs, and there's, they've got a nice uh, uh, keyboard with a built-in touchpad as well—a nice big touchpad. In fact, I, I like that keyboard.
0: Yeah, so iFlags all kinds. I mean, different housings, uh, different flavors, different colors—you name it. Stream decks as well,
2: and they've got icon packs for the Stream decks.
0: Yeah, Bobby was telling us. Um, he spent a, entirely too much money at Etsy um, on sim racing products, uh, but they're they're pretty cool. I mean, I bought a few things off Etsy for my rig, uh, including my chocolate holder uh, that I have installed right here.
5: So um, call a chocolate holder. I love how you just had that for your. Oh what? If I had chocolate, I don't know about you, Mike, in your room, but if I put chocolate down in my room, it'd be melted. Like my system creates so much heat.
0: Yeah, so I just got I, um, a I got a holster a, for a Hershey chocolate bar, Adam. Basically, wow, <laughs> that's interesting.
3: Uh, but yeah, just just for reference, um, Complex SimWorks. We did a we did a review of their iFlag uh, a couple months ago, I guess, and I picked one up. So um, I actually uh, dealt with them personally, and I can tell you that everything came in perfectly. Um, works great. Um, Shipping was, you know, fairly quick and uh, worked really well. So uh, I know you might be asking, why does somebody use VR need a eye flag? But I thought it was really cool, and I kind of use it like, uh, you know, going back to Mike Ellis's days in the recording studios. as like a in session type of thing. When somebody comes in and sees the green flag, they know they know it's going down. So don't mess with me while I'm in VR.
0: Now, does it stay green the entire time that you're green or just when the flag waves?
3: You can program it different ways. Um, so, yeah, I have a setup where it stays green and it changes as the different uh, track conditions change.
0: Nice. And it's reasonable price too. <laughs>
3: yeah, I paid 69 plus shipping, so it wasn't too bad.
0: Well, what we have next is not
2: re- reasonably priced. And so, this is another one of those wheels we need to talk Mike out of buying the mlx steering wheel lmx i was gonna say
5: lmx
0: so yeah so as i've been searching for wheels and we're going to talk about a few of them today people have steered me into other directions you know and this is one direction that somebody steered me in precision sim engineering.com man they have a great wheel i mean but the price oh my god i mean the price is is making it un, unbearable for me. I mean, that's the reason oh. I won't consider this one. Is that an American dollars or European? <laughs> oh. e- either way, it's too much money. <laughs> oh, my God.
2: That's pounds. That's not That's not euros.
0: That's yeah, pounds. but I did a
3: conversion on that, and uh, it's like 3000 U.S. dollars.
0: And is, if you do all the that's, additions... That's British you, pounds. 2,740 so pounds. Low-waste low waste packaging. I better win
1: every single race i enter in if i buy that
4: it's a nice wheel but just too much money yeah i've seen precision sim for a while now and their stuff looks beautiful but not the price point just doesn't make sense i feel like some of those products like maybe if you saw it at a trade show and you saw its quality versus somebody else's and the quality was there but you can't look at the photos it doesn't seem worth the extra
2: Either that, or you have a Denny Hamlin budget, and you you, you've got ninety k into the rig, and at that point, it makes sense. Just the the
5: comparable wheels paddles on the back. It's an extra four hundred dollars.
0: The comparable wheels to this though are (laughs) half the price. Okay, so that's that's where this wheel has a problem. Is is it's literally double? You know the the competition.
5: Mike, you're spending less on. (laughs) <laughs> this would be more expensive than it is to fuel your car for a year to go to to go to work
1: which you don't have to do that costs as much as a brand new go-kart good
5: lord
0: i mean this is almost as much as the Rick wheel that joe owen was trying to get me to get
5: you literally could buy almost every rim in fanatex lineup in different colors for that price
0: so that one's off the table, um, but it is really nice. I mean, was
5: it, was it ever on the
0: table? Well, for a moment, <laughs> you'd have to sell oh, it at the price.. Yeah.
5: <laughs> There's no table or house to put it in if you have to pay for that.:
0: All right. next up, we have a, uh, an update about this NVIdia reflex. Now we've talked about this briefly. I've actually turned it on. You have to go into settings, graphics, and turn it on but uh, we have an explanation from a staff member about what does this really do i mean how does it really work um and this is after nvidia put out a uh, february update on their website that specifically says that their new reflex product is uh geared for i-racing and they actually have an article here that or a, a paragraph anyway about i-racing um it says Because precision in milliseconds matter. iRacing has added support for NVIDIA Reflex, reducing system latency to deliver the most responsive driving experience. Head over to Options, Graphic Display to enable and reduce system latency by up to twenty percent.
5: I can sum. This is I can can sum this up. That you did this in, or is it in the in the graphics settings on in the Windows? No, in shim. Okay, that's what I wanted. I wanted to double check to make sure that we had said that right.
2: So here's the explanation in a nutshell. Uh, depending on whether you're, if if you are CPU limited, it means the CPU takes longer to do a frame than the GPU. If you're a GPU limited, the GPU takes longer. And what, what will happen is if the, G, if the GPU is taking longer, it's also having to manage the backlog of frames from the CPU. And this can lead, lead to problems, in, including ex- the extra latency. The The reflex is acting like a messenger for the CPU and GPU, and it's basically throwing out extra frames from the CPU or actually telling the CPU, hey, we don't need this many frames that fast. So that it actually pr- pr- produces less of the problems of he- the extra data being processed that doesn't need to pr- be processed, and that results in in lower latency. It basically lets your CPU know not to overwork itself to the point where it's wasting its time on something the GPU can't process.
0: All right. Well, good explanation of what he wrote there. Yeah, for sure. Try it. I, I don't know if I've seen a difference. Um, I, I definitely had an FPS problem at Daytona, and I think a lot of people did. Um, but it seems to be <laughs> okay in the California. Grandstands,
5: the grandstands were causing a lot of it, wasn't it? Like, I noticed more frames problems front stretch on because of the amount of stuff it has to draw when you're on the front stretch. I thought the back stretch wasn't so bad.
4: Barcelona is a good testing ground for changes too. Uh, for whatever reason that track those grandstands as well just are a drain on the system.
5: Yeah, I remember the first time I raced that track for uh uh I can't remember what that cup thing was where I qualified for, but I went on that track and I'm like I can't even race this track. It's so jumpy and compared to everything else.
0: Now, if you recall, they did some updates to Daytona. I don't know, was it before the 500 or the 24? But it it included fencing model updates, model fencing updates, and some other stuff. And I think ever since then, the FPS has taken a hit.
5: Well, whatever they did with the fencing, um, it kept my Snyder's car in, right?
3: So this is only for the 3000 series uh, graphics cards, right? The Reflex?
0: I think so.
5: Wouldn't it be any of the ones that are RTX cards, probably? I think it's anything that's RTX.
0: RT, anything RTX, yeah, that's right. But when you look at the website, they only show the 3,000 products because that's what they're selling.
5: Yeah, because the supers don't exist anymore, do they? Only in the secondhand market. You can't buy a 20 series anymore.
2: So does this, is the super, that's what I have as a super, so I can't do this then
0: even with the 20. No, I think you can. I, if that's it has what we're it an
5: RTX, does it have an RTX branding on it? Uh, I'll have to look.
0: I, think I any have an RTX it... 2070 Super. And my understanding, if it's RTX, you can use Reflex. But if we're wrong, let, uh, one of our listeners will let us know.
5: Well, even my 2080 now shows iRacing as an option in the actual NVIDIA software stuff,
0: too, so... All right, the best baker shaker settings, Adam. Can't hear you.
1: There you go. So SimHub has a new base shaker setting. I haven't watched the video. It's about 16 minutes long, but apparently it gives you the best options to run, best options to run your base shaker, like your bucket on. You might be able to better explain it to me.
0: Well, it's just some guy who put up his settings for his base shaker. Basically, and um, I actually watched this video and and compared it to the settings I had and um, actually made some adjustments based on his recommendations. Um, Interestingly, I had most of the same settings he did. Uh, They they were quite similar, but I ended up turning a couple of them up. Um, But it's a really good tutorial of how to use this software by SimHub. As far as uh, working on the bass shaker. Um, And he kind of shows you how to program it. Um, There's more to it than just setting the volume level. Like you can set duration and different things uh, to make it, uh, to tweak it, you know, to your liking.
2: I'm not watching the video, but I'm just glancing at the settings though. And you'll notice he's doing the same thing I suggested of uh, the RPMs, right? Being on the lower side as far as percentage goes right
3: Yeah, if this is a lot of this is subjective you know depending on what you want to get out of your sim you know some gear their settings more towards um you know given the best feedback for performance as far as um, slippage and stuff like that some people might just do it because they like to have like a car rumbling rumbling underneath them even though it might not help them with their actual racing so a little it, this can be a little subjective, but um it's still it's still good to listen to or watch just to uh, have him explain a little bit to you if you weren't familiar with some of the settings what they do and some of the some of the adjustments to those settings.
5: I think this is definitely something that I might that's probably the next addition that I'd want to add to uh, my rig would be a, a bass shaker and try it with uh, with what I got.
0: Yeah, and when you first get one, I mean, it's a little intimidating to you know look at the software and try to figure out what you want to set, and so I I don't know. I think somebody on the team gave me their settings to start with, so I was up and running out of the box. But for those people that don't have a teammate, I mean, this is very helpful to at least give you a starting point of the programming. Uh, hey, set it to what this guy thinks, and then uh, tweak it from there. I think a lot of problems with like you're saying, Mike, is with people. There,
5: some can, It can be intimidating sometimes with the software because sometimes they don't even have, you know, expl- explanations of what all these things do perfectly, too. So if somebody
0: else has tried it, at least it helps you out, right? Yeah, and he goes into the, if you have multiple base shakers and how you can you have different things programmed for different, you know, left and right or front or back and and all that. Now, I only have one, so obviously that didn't apply to me, And but uh, yeah.
2: Well, this next video is a, another feature from our primary sponsor, Sim Coaches. And this one's pretty neat. I have not gotten to watch it all the way through yet, but there's a tour of their shop. And you get to see how it all gets put together. And it's a pretty big little operation.
0: It's, I watched this video, and, and we've seen a tour from Sim Coaches before, like a, a more of a brief tour. This is the full on tour. Okay. So, um, he's got quite a facility here. He does more than sim pedal brakes. Um, he shows they do automotive parts for cars. Um, he has Haas uh, CNC machines. Uh, he's got several of them. Uh, I think he calls it Machine Row. Um, he's got this monster one. I forget the name of it, but it's not a Haas brand, but a different brand. This monster uh, CNC machine. Um, and he shows, you know, how they can take blocks of steel and, and set them into the, open a door and set them into this the machine. The, and the, the thing turns around and it machines them and then they can reload uh, fresh material in as the thing is cutting on the other side. And so it's real efficient. Um, but he basically just gives a tour around the shop of um, not only, you know, how do they make the, the pedals but uh, the different people working on them, um, you know, you get to kind of see the different employees and uh, he shows us all the parts and the different, you know, sections. He's got offices and it's a pretty neat setup. But I think the big thing that really comes across is these guys are here to stay. I mean, this isn't a one-off venture out of somebody's garage. I mean, he's got, he's heavily invested. I mean, he's got the, all kinds of machine, the machinery, to, to get all this stuff done. And um, and it looks like they're quite busy, you know, making business. I, I, I'm,
5: uh, I'm interested in the uh, S13 car
0: that's on the uh, lift there. That's a nice Nissan S13. Yeah, they have several, uh, you know, side projects like that. They have some go-karts they show off. Uh, I think there's some 80-20 rigs uh, they have that they've kind of put together.
2: It's a really retro motion rig. That's what that actually is. <laughs>
0: But you know those Haas CNC machines; those aren't cheap. I mean, we're talking like you know, 20, 30 grand, forty grand for a cheap one. They might get real cheaper, cheap here if it keeps being associated with the Russian team. It's called the Duson. That's his big one, and it literally has a door on it, and you walk into it. It's that it's that big. But he he shows the the machines cutting the metal too, where there's water squirting in on it as the the laser or the cutter thing is cutting through the metal, and it, it's it's cool. Uh, Lawrence has got a neat setup, and man, we're so uh, happy to be associated with them and and having them as part of our show.
2: And do remember, uh, we have a discount code, so go go in and put in iRaces Lounge podcast right. And that's 10% off and no other company has that high of a code, right? Everybody else just should give, get 5%. We have the best deal.
0: That's right. And it's iRacer's Lounge is the code. Definitely support these guys again, everyone. Yeah. And, and when
2: well, you put in that code, it lets him know that you heard it from us. And that definitely, it, we need that help as well.
3: In exchange, you'll only get pedals on the market. So good deal.
0: Okay, this next wheel, boys, this one's got my eye.
2: What was the price on this one? Because the features are good on it. I I, I think the features are good if the price point's right on this one.
0: Yeah, the price point is right. I mean, we're looking at, uh, I want to say, €700. Euro? I forget.
2: Um, That's a little bit higher than what you could get the the, the Fanatec wheel for. <laughs> by about a couple of hundred. But it, it is a nice wheel. It's got a... It's a little bit lighter on the buttons, but it's got more, uh, it's got more toggle switches or hat switches in the, in the middle, which is nice. It does have two – it has more than you would probably need on it, to be honest. So if you want to spend the extra 200 there you go.
5: Now, is it 200 plus whatever you – that podium thing you have to get to attach to your rig?
0: Oh, so you have to get the podium hub 180 to go with it. Yeah, yeah
5: so you're looking at $1,000, probably U.S.?
0: So now but, you're spending five hundred more. So I was looking. Now you got to remember what I'm comparing this to. I was comparing to Cube Controls, their new one, and I would have been about twelve hundred out the door for both for everything. And so this is comparable. This is a little bit less, maybe a hundred less with everything. And so I like this wheel because it looks like it's an authentic racing wheel. Well,
2: if you get the. I, I, I still like the F, the V two five Fanatec one because you're spending five hundred with the advanced pedal module, and you've got you've actually got three pedals on each side, paddles and on each side instead of twos. So you have got the clutch option, and it does it, and it's it's native to the to the system, and it's got the quick lock on it. You don't have to buy a, a hub.
0: Now I found the U.S. version of the website at asher racingcom dot com. This V three uh, Formula wheel is out of well it says out of stock because it's a uh, expected to be available quarter one of 2022 so it's not for sale yet um
4: but yeah and anytime i've seen people ask about high-end wills this is pretty much what people recommend i see more often than cube um because of quality issues with cube which i think are just really hit or miss um and i believe this is the will josh rogers uses as well um, so Asher they, uh, it's not, I don't think it's as flashy looking, but I think quality wise, I don't think you can go wrong with this wheel, right? It doesn't have all the led flashy stuff, right?
0: Which I really like it has the,
5: I can't find, I might be just missing it. Does it have the, uh, double clutch mechanism? I don't think I see it.
0: I think it's an option. Yeah, I think it does. It, um, you, but the picture doesn't show it, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you're right, Well, A lot of people use this wheel and I have not found anything bad about it. Now, the cube controls, I have heard quality problems. I've heard firmware issues. Um, and so, yeah, I'm on the fence still, guys. Um, I, I probably narrowed it down between the cube controls and this Asher wheel. Um, and i really 50-50 on them at this point
4: no i can't see the script here have you checked out uh gomez sim engineering there will Oh yeah oh yeah that was, a, that was a that's one i was starting with actually but <laughs> oh, okay
0: i actually like the cube control more than the gomez and now i'm looking at the one without the screen though but the gomez is just as expensive if not more um i don't know this asher might just be the one that where i land um it's got that authentic, you know, racing look to it, you know, it, like it's an authentic wheel. It doesn't look like it belongs in a sim. Brian, we got new uh, Intel.
3: Yeah, so uh, we've heard about this uh, a little while ago, but now it's uh, kind of getting close, and they're starting to nail down some release times. So Intel confirms that their Archimist desktop GPU arrive in Q2, quarter 2 2022. so there's going to be another uh another uh, gpu on the market. it'll be really interesting to see uh what price point they come out uh, the current series are still really expensive um and see what kind of uh tests they they uh, turn in.
0: so april, may, june, that's q2. that's soon. it's a bad time to buy so, a, uh, a graphics card right now because of this.
3: yes, yeah, so um one of the things they did as far as what you'd expect it says there's three models expected their top spec design is currently rumored to to be performing roughly on par with the nvidia 3070 so apparently their top model doesn't quite you know notch up to the 3080 or the 3090 just yet so you probably spent like
1: 400 450 for our card maybe
0: 500 now i'm going to jump to uh the story two down because it's related this one uh, was a Twitter from Graymon55 who said, GPU prices are going to drop dramatically in the next month. And so, uh, and so after dropping the big news about the GPU prices, he went on to talk about the upcoming uh, generation of graphics card, the NVIDIA 40 series, and their nickname is Ada Lovelace is what they call it. Ada Lovelace Um, Sounds like A a prostitute name or something I don't know where that came from But, uh, and it has The AMD RDNA 3 Will be the AMD card Now both lineups are set to release Later this year, so we got AMD uh, Coming out with their new series And and both uh, And NVIDIA as well Adam Lovelace Ada Adam Lovelace I like.
2: That. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean That's that's how Adam gets his sponsorship money actually for his race car. He he, he night he moonlights at uh, Chippendale's.
0: Mhm. It's my it's my um, that, that's your stage name, right? Yeah.
1: It's my alias. Kind of like Tater Salad but different. So, I
3: know uh I know um you know, they're speculating that prices are going to drop in the next month, but I don't know. I still kind of hesitant to think that that's actually going to happen. I mean, eventually they will, obviously, as the technology becomes a little older. Uh, but I don't think they're going to take a nosedive. I think they're going to take a dip.
0: Well, the crypto stuff is playing into this too. I understand that the um, the one crypto currency that's very popular right now, they're thinking about changing how it's calculated or how they come up with it. And it's going to make it where they don't need the GPU, the crazy GPUs anymore. Now I could be speaking out of turn, but that's what I had heard.
2: Well, you add to that uh, until the ship shortage is taken care of, everything's going to be higher. Okay. Here's the quote. So it says, this.
0: it says, however, crypto prices are now the lowest they've been in months with Ethereum re- rumored to soon move to a proof of stake model GPU mining will certainly take a hit. This should, however, preserve more graphics card for the PC enthusiast. So you got the new cards coming out from not only Intel, but the other two companies. You got this this crypto thing with Ethereum is changing. So all that is like the perfect storm about why the prices will drop, right?
3: Gotcha. And if they do, I'll congratulate them as being the only product in the world that's going down in price and not marketably higher.
0: And since Greg has walked away, I'll, be see, I'll say Greg is the last person to buy a card at the highest price ever. I mean, the same card that Greg just bought, he might be able to buy it in a few months at quite a lesser price. Okay, so we have wheel number three to review. This one is simsolutiondesigns.com. And they have some stuff. They have uh, some eighty twenty rigs they sell. They have three different versions. Um, they also sell some other products, track racing, next-level racing. But they also have this wheel that somebody turned me on to. And it's not a bad price, $1,010. Um, I don't know, though. I mean, it, you know, when you compare it to the other two that we looked at, I don't know. It's a nice wheel. I don't know if it's got that pizzazz that I'm looking for. It's
2: also not wireless. You'll have to plug it in separately.
0: True. It's got a a cord on it, but it looks pretty thick. It looks thicker than the other ones I was looking at, you know. So I don't think this one's going to make the cut, but it's not a bad wheel. Um, They say it's their flagship wheel. It's designed to emulate formula and LMP prototype wheels but is equally at home with a modern GTE car as well. And that's what I'm getting this wheel for is for all type, you know, all three of those type cars, you know, LMP formula, or even GTE.
2: Well, we got w- one last hardware, right? This IR or software, actually IR sidekick driver. Did you get a chance to check this one out?
0: I did. Uh, this is a pretty neat little software. It looks like it, it's just getting started. Um, they have potential though. Um, so the screenshot that they show, uh, or the video, they basically have notifications set up, but the software will eventually have shift lights, spotter, standings, relative, dash, fuel, pit, alerts, and notes. And he hasn't programmed all those items yet. He's only done the notifications part of it. So it's a work in progress kind of thing is, is the way I understand it.
2: So this is kind of running doing some of the similar things that parts of sim racing apps or drill timing does.
0: Yeah. The audio notifications are like DRS enabled. It'll say, or as you, you can set the RPMs for your shifts, uh, for first, second, you know, first through seventh. And it'll, it'll tell you when to shift, you know, verbally it's called IR all, sidekick.
3: It's a free program to get. So, uh, that's that's pretty cool you don't have to spend any money on it while it's uh, being developed i guess
0: i haven't tried it i think i want to try it when he finishes it you know when he gets all this others because you can see the tabs of all the other stuff he wants to do and i think it's going to be a great product once he gets it all finished um i don't know if i would try it just for the notifications only though
2: All right, let's hit the results. We uh, hit, went to Daytona again Friday. How'd you do, Mike? It's
0: been a tough, tough uh, start to the season for me. DNF, I led a bunch of laps at one point. I even had a breakaway of about 12 seconds. On a green flag stop, I somehow only took two tires and one tank of fuel. Uh, I guess I messed up on my button box. I pushed the wrong button or something, I don't know. I don't even know how it happened. And the other part of it is I had actually used my mouse before I stopped to check, did I have everything right? And uh, I did. And so, again, I don't know how it happened, but from there it went downhill. Uh, I never caught a caution. Uh, I had to pit on my own without a group under green, uh, then later got caught up in a wreck. Huh. Brian, you let's go to Brian, P2. Yeah, so uh,
3: let's see, it was um, started around Qualified round B10, which which goes to show you our setup was pretty good in qualifying because in fixed races I always qualify at the very back of the field. So, um, so I, I made my way up to the front because you can in this car, you know. Once you get, you don't have to get in line on the bottom and just stay where you're at. You can run two lines and move to the front, which is why I really love this uh, drafting package. It's really the first. This is really the first uh, uh, race I've done on it in the in the. Uh, drafting package and it's fantastic um we had a couple breakaways going um a couple cautions that brought everything back together but this you know as as uh, the race went on the field slowly attrition down to you know just a few race cars to the point where it was just three cars and i was one of them that were still in the lead pack most of the other cars were either lapped down or were way off the pace so um we were really just kind of uh trading positions on you know going back and forth on the as the laps were counting down getting ready to set up the final lap and uh we um we got to the last lap we get into turn four or turn three and uh i was on the low side of a car that i was trying to get by to get into the second position behind the leader and a lap car was in front of us um running on the track but um at the on the low line So the car that was on my right kind of pinched me to try to use that lap car as a pick to keep me from uh, getting around him. So, you know, this is the last lap of Daytona, and I'm not going to get picked on the last lap of a Daytona by a lap car. So I tried to squeeze through. I made contact. He spun out. And, uh, I went on to finish in second place. He wasn't really happy with, with, uh, me, uh, spinning him out on that occasion, but I tried to get through with that lap car and I'm not going to, you know, I don't, I don't think you should expect somebody to just sit there and get picked by a, a lap car on the last lap of a Daytona race. So, um, just didn't work out in his favor as far as that goes, but P2 is really cool. Um. kind of like kissing your sister as they talked about uh on the uh, door bumper clear podcast uh but you know i'll take it it's it's a great run i didn't have any incident points at all up until that last uh that last last spot there
0: man what a what a run p2 i mean it's so bittersweet though that you you didn't get the win though i'm it's just it was tough to listen to um as you went through that i was listening uh because i had already wrecked out and was watching uh brian and tony finish off their races now tony rochette he wins it the daytona 500 i'll read what he says here rochette the chubby burb is a to fussy 2022 daytona 500 champion started in the back had several misses with rex was a lap down at one point from trying to push someone that didn't know how to hold a line got waved around on a caution and got a caution with four laps left in the tank put me up front had a great battle with second last 20 laps was dodging lappers but the car was definitely faster thanks mike for hopping in the last 30 laps and brandon newhouse for the great looking car the first official win in the next gen and the first win since july of 2020 i'm a daytona 500 and indy 500 champion
3: so uh i was i was running my race at the same time they were doing this and mike you know, we were all on the the same um, Team Speed Channel together, and I was running my race, and Tony was running his, and uh, they were Tony and Mike just went crazy when he won. They were screaming. It was <laughs> so cool to see. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, of course, I was already in the dumps because I finished P two, but but it was great to hear those guys. They had such a. It was it was just a great reaction.
0: Well, you think about Tony's and all his P 2s last year, you know and how many times he could have won and he didn't or the time he finished second to when I won and so for him to break through finally and get get that monkey off his back yeah it was it was a big win for me I mean and I'm just a spotter and and how I loved spotting the end of these races and and you heard it Brian I was I was I was chatting his ear off I was like we were talking scenarios you know like Okay, there's there's three of you left. You, you know, you, they're going to gang up on you. You need to be in the bottom. You need to be in the top. You know, I was telling him all this stuff. You know, hey, they're gonna they're gonna go to the outside. Make sure you block to the outside. And, you know, I was just coaching him all this stuff, and and then you know, I was spotting to, I would say, get down, get down, and he, he wasn't listening. At one point, and and he lost the lead, and I thought I thought he lost the race at that point, but. Uh, he didn't. Uh, he had a faster car, as he said, and he was able to get around that guy. And uh, it was a good win for Tony. Nice. Another almost win, Greg. Oh, was I frustrated after, <laughs>
5: after that race? I had the car to win that race. I led Shit, it was fast. The car's quick. 100 laps. I. <laughs> we had a. What did I say it was up to? I think it was up to 41-second lead. The top four cars, we had lapped up to sixth. And I screwed up going down pit road, lost the draft a little bit, so I was like in sixth, I was like in fourth spot, but I had lost the cars. The caution came out and the lap cars that were around us got racing and caused the big one with like 15 to go and basically ruined my chance to even even think about doing it. I was gonna make it on fuel and everything with, or just make it in general at the end there. And huh, I just, I can't believe it. I just, I couldn't believe that I had that much, that good of a car and, and threw it all away and got it thrown away by a stupid accident. All right.
1: I guess I'll go. Yeah. So, Infinity finished sixth. Literally wasn't that great. Um, I was just still trying to learn, to relearn the track again, the draft. Um, I wrecked out of three truck races in a row and finally ran a fourth one. Took the white flag leading, lost the lead, and then come back around. Made a crazy crossover coming off four. This is Saturday night. We won a truck race by three thousandths of a second. Um, Sunday ran the top split 500, and somehow... Um, I was leading with 16 to go on a restart. I just didn't know what to do. And I was number 28, so they shuffled me out, and I ended up flipping over on the last lap and finishing 11th. But um, I downloaded sim racing apps, and that just really helped me with getting on pit road, because the last two or three years, I've lost the draft coming off pit road every single race. They've tried to run the 500. And this year, I didn't have any mishaps, and actually was beating people out of pit road.
0: Okay, and then Sunday open, Tony Rochette caught up in a wreck. RIP. David, P6. Yeah, this is one where I've
2: definitely had the, the front running car as well. Let a few laps. Uh, the way the cautions fell, though, with our fuel mileage, it kind of shuffled me back with bad track position towards the end. And there just weren't enough guys that knew how to, to push the outside lane in this particular race. So it's just kind of stuck and ended up falling back
0: to P6 on the last lap. Okay. Sunday fixed. I ran and find another DNF, so I didn't finish any race at Daytona. Where um, I was wrecked out on lap sixteen. The pack was lapping a lap car. He was well off the wall. I mean, like in the middle of the pa- of the straightaway, uh, basically. Um, and sure enough, he gets tagged, and the entire field wrecks. Let's move on to Cali Wednesday Open. David P twenty.
2: Yeah, it's been a challenge figuring out Cali. We we finally got there, but um for a while I was really struggling with being loose right in the middle of 3 and 4. Uh so it's always everybody else. I mean, it's, it's been a caution fest all week. On this one, um a car a few a few spots in front of me gets turned and I'm just praying this guy's not going to come back up. But um when when he got turned, he wasn't spun. He you know, he was, his car was turned left and if he had kind of kept if he kept the car rolling instead of locking the brakes up at that point, he probably could have kept it from sliding right back up because you can still kind of turn point the car with the wheels, but he, he locked them up, which is a lot of people's instinct and came flying back and wiped me in another car out uh, seven minutes for, of optional. I just went ahead and fixed it and limped around for, for the rest of the race, the last three quarters, five laps down and still finished 20th.
0: All right. Tyler Williamson, P2, what a run. He got a 4X on lap two as a guy locked up the brakes, avoiding a wreck, battled back from going a lap down twice and a black flag for entering closed pits. Noob mistake, late race caution for the green white checker with an amazing setup, helped me get the podium. Great help from the team before and during the race and felt really fast. I signed up for an Xfinity
1: race and it was almost a 5,000 strength of field race. It was nuts. This is Monday night and I'm a 4600 I rating and I was number 18. And I qualified about 25th, got up to about 11th and I tried a strategy of pitting last and when I come on pit road I was a leader and the caution came out and everyone else had like 10 laps on their tires so when I cycled back out everybody had to pit again and I stayed out on my new tires. I took, this is about, again, 15 to go, come off turn two, and I self-spin by myself, coming off turn two as the leader. Rookie mistake, I guess. Rebound to 16.
2: I don't think rookie mistake. I think it's just a harder car to drive. Well, you were in the B car, but.
0: Yeah, still not easy. Tony Rochette, he got a P8. Well, this was fun. 15 cautions, tagged in a few, stayed on the lead lap all night, was doored and walled eight to go and wrecked at the checker. Thursday open. (laughs) I wrecked out. Uh, I did it on my own. I was too fast getting in uh, the corner at one point and it just came around, you know, that snap loose. And I overcorrected and uh, Dale Earnhardted it into the wall. Now I did finish after my repairs. Now, the last time I uh, got wrecked, David, I, I went out and ran around for a while and then blew up because I didn't finish my repairs, you told me, hey, finish the repairs and you won't blow up. And you were right. I was able to actually finish the race. The first race I have finished in uh, NASCAR this year so far.
2: Yeah, I'm not 100% sure on that because I had some guys in our, in our race this morning or this afternoon saying that they've been able to run with some damage and not blow up. But it sure does seem, especially if you've got anything wrong with the grill, it's just going to go pop. I know on on my race on Friday or was it Friday no Wednesday uh, I started to overheat with the water before I even got back to the pits because of the damage. Um, and still ha- and if I had not gone ahead and fixed that I have no doubt I would have popped.
0: So, so I finished P21. Yep, Steven took a win. Stephen took a win. Steve Lal now I was able to jump in to his race on the, and get and see the last lap basically. Uh, he was in a fuel mileage run. Uh, he had just enough fuel to, to finish. The guy in second actually ran out on the white on the backstretch. And so uh, I I'd, "I'd called, Hey, you got a seven car lead. And then all of a sudden I see the second place guy, you know, fading away, he, he, he ran out of gas. and So didn't even have a challenge. Uh, and he takes on the win. Congratulations, Steve. And then you all came on and
2: saw my last five laps and lost me. Just finally give it up on the last restart. Um, to tell you how this race went, I, I was super excited at the end. Um, ended up running really well. I was running top five. I got up to all the way up to second in, in a top split race, and I, I, you know, and it's not a plate race. I was I was pretty excited. Then. Um, Well, the way the race started, though, to sum up how the race ended, we went 48 laps caution-free, right? So that was a good time to get everybody in the window and get, get our pit, get fresh tires. Boom. With Starting from lap 48, so in half of the race, we had 13 cautions. So in 15 laps. The last 20 laps was a caution every lap. Every time we started, we didn't make it two laps. Um... So, I get I was each time I was having good restarts and getting and in some couple of times even gaining position on the restarts or holding off somebody who tried to dive it. On this last one, I go into turn three just a little too hot, sideways I go. Uh, I save it by not locking the brakes up, just like I talked about earlier. I, I, I just keep it pointed straight, get off the gas, uh, and go down into the grass. But by the time I come up safely uh there's now 16 cars in front of me so i was so mad but you know it it felt good to run well but i hate choking at the end
0: well before that you actually hit the wall and and you had that darlington stripe and it kind of went south from there and then you there was three green white checkers and each time you you know you would you were losing spots And that last one like you said you just lost it and lost all your spots and that's tough because you were in position to win there really close to the end
1: but it's promising that we're this competitive two weeks in so far.
0: Boy, is it. Okay, let's talk official Kyle Pendergraf. P1, he started P13 uh, in A open and just kept it clean, made a last lap pass out of turn two and got pushed to the lead and walked away with the win. Uh, Road to pro, I already told you I wrecked out uh, running 10th on lap 12, couldn't miss it let's talk uh sim 500 the 87 car greg should have won
5: yeah i got uh i was running real well in it um up until the pit stop because it went green all the way through from start to finish 65 laps at cali in the 87 car and it um i got went down pit road with the guy in the lead or the guy that was fighting for the lead with uh and he followed me down pit road but he didn't get out he was He missed his braking spot and ran into the back of me and pushed me over the speed limit and cost me uh, 40 seconds to to take a speeding penalty because he couldn't get on pit road properly.
0: Ouch. Yeah, I ran, I don't even remember how I finished. It wasn't good. I think I ran the tires off and I was pretty well back. Okay, uh, the OBRL Aftermath Truck Series. It was Joe Brown with the win at Daytona. Clint Reese in second, Ralph Vandervorst in third. Try an OBRL Cup. Yeah, so
3: this was uh, the OBRL Metro Cup Series. It was a Sunday morning uh, at Daytona, and uh, I got wrecked out. Um, it was actually a fairly decent race. I qual—I I qualified like terribly, like, I- and it was a full field, 40, 40 cars. Um, I-, I qualified in the 30s, so I was terrible. Uh, at, at those fixed qualifying setups so or so um, started in the back of the field and uh, you know and it seemed like on the recent starts if the the field separates pretty easily if you're not careful into two separate packs and you know the second pack kinda of fell behind a little bit um, but we caught back up under caution uh, I was a little further than that when I first started um, and then on the secondary start it happened again we got separated a little bit from the lead pack but this time um after a gap of about almost eight seconds we actually wound up running that uh running that lead pack down the problem was uh, i was actually out in front of that pack and i was taking all the wind you know trying to pull that uh, pull that off connecting back up which we did we connected back up by the time i got there though um everybody was good on fuel to the end but i was going to be like three or four laps short so um i it was just getting ready to the point at the end of the race where i was going to have to pit and uh, another caution came out and it actually worked in my favor and we moved up to the top 10 i was in the 10th place on the final restart and as we restarted, I could see in front of me uh, one of the cars on the top lane went into the middle to fill the hole that was there. And the top lane car came down on him and wiped him out and took me out with it. So that's how my uh, OBRL race finished up on Sunday morning.
0: Man, okay. seemed uh, promising up till the end there. And then get her done racing P3.
3: Yeah, this is also at Daytona, uh, the first race of the year. That was Sunday night at the Get Her Done Series. Um, uh, I, I was really good on this for some reason. I qualified in 10th place. And, uh, man, by the, by, lap, by the end of the, la- the second lap, I was actually in second either. So I moved up really quick. I stayed up front. We had a pit stop together, and it worked out really well. We stayed up front. Um, and then we had another pit stop under caution, and I was caught speeding on the exit of the pit. So I had to drop to the back of the field, and it took me about 15 to 20 laps, and I was back in the second place again battling. We had one more um, pit stop then, and it was one of those deals where the pit stop was too good. So after we got out of the pits, it was me and one other car. I was in first, he was in second, but there was a group of cars that were slower in the pits that were catching us and they were coming up really fast. I couldn't, by the time they got to me, I couldn't block them. They just had, they were just going too fast for me to pull a big block off so um, i wound up shuffling to the back of that pack of about six cars and that group came um finished up the race pretty much all together and it got kind of interesting at the end because uh, uh one of the cars that was in third coming out of turn four decided he was gonna got a little anxious and wound up passing the leaders under the yellow and uh actually won the race according to iRacing racing rules but our league does have a no-passing under yellow t- under yellow um, penalty, so he actually got bounced out of that position, which would have put me in fourth. But as he came out of the trioval on that bottom, he washed up because you can't hold that speed on the trioval on that flat section of track. Made contact with another car, who wound up putting that car at the uh, DQ limit. So he got disqualified. So I went from fifth to third uh, on that finish.
0: Well, so did they change their mind hours later who won the race and change their mind the next day again?
3: No, they only did one. It was pretty blatant, unfortunately. I think it was just uh, a driver just got excited. You know, you're gonna, you're right there. You got the run. Uh, you're not going to get by him on the on the track limit, so he just decided to, to go for it down low and didn't work out for well.
0: him. Yeah, what are you going to lose, right? All right, let's get into final thoughts. Adam Jossler. Um.
1: Well, Wednesday truck race last week in Fast Track, I caused a Brian Vickersdale Jr. wreck on the backstretch and wound up third in that race. I felt kind of bad, and this Monday I came back and finished third in the Fast Track Cup race. Um, fourth in points in that and I was second in points in trucks and then I won the truck race last night and probably the first race I've actually drove away from the field in, in probably two or three years just put together a good race and sitting here at the truck point leader feel good
0: well done on that win by the way and I guess we didn't yeah. talk about our fast uh, track results uh Greg and don't David. do it <laughs>
1: there's not much to talk about I don't nope. think. I'm coming Correct. I'm coming for that Greg guy
2: there was, I got taken out because there was a really, we had an earlier, we had a bad checkup where I almost ran over the guy in front of me. You actually ran over me and it caused a caution. So we're towards the end in the lead pack and I hear Joe yell, big checkup. And I get on the brakes before it even happens. The guy behind me doesn't, cause he's not on team chat, obviously. Um, and I don't have room to come back up on the track and, and hook myself on his, on his hood. So, uh, on me, but it was a funky circumstance of almost being too proactive.
5: My mom said, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Okay, so
0: we're going to Then
2: why are you talking? We're
0: <laughs> going to skip true. talking about what happened at the, that race. Just, just, hey, I, yeah. I feel good. Bad, That's... bad, bad. All around bad. It was
5: bad
1: for everybody. I got
0: third. Let's just say we started 45 minutes later than we should have. Well, what, you got to get out that broom. You got to get up that
1: broom for Monday
0: for California. Okay, Brian McCubbin, final thoughts.
3: Um, so yeah, so I just was talking about my UBI race on Sunday morning, the next Gen car. Well, um, I was working on a paint for that uh, series and um, did not get get it done in time. So I just wound up using you know a default paint. Um, in that race, you're supposed to use the the sponsor car that you announced. So. But, um, you know, it's not that big a deal. But the cool thing was, well, one of the guys noticed that I wasn't running a paint. I was running more of a generic card. He asked me about it. I was like, yeah, well, I, I just don't have it. And, man, um, later that night, I get a, a, a message on Discord from him. It was uh, Mike50Watts. if I heard of him through some of their talks before. So, Mike Watts, he actually painted a. The car for me and sent it to me say hey here's a car idea if you want to use this you know not knowing that i was actually working on one um so i texted him back It's like dude that was so cool of you to do and it really was i mean how cool is it to have somebody just randomly make a paint for you and just send it to you offer it to you for nothing basically and uh But I told him I already had one in progress. I just hadn't finished it yet. But, you know, this is the kind of cool things uh, that this community promotes. And uh, even these leagues like OBRL promote. Such great camaraderie, great guys willing to help each other out.
0: Very good. Love that community. David Hall, final thoughts.
2: So I've been a proponent for quite a while now of us uh collaborating with some of the other iRacing podcasts out there, especially the ones that are particularly uh complimentary to ours. And uh, next week I'll be going on as a guest for uh the Into the Apex podcast. Uh there they've got a nice format. They talk they know sports racing, particularly IMSA, as well as we know NASCAR. Um, and and so it's it's gonna be a nice nice fun trip and at some point we'll be having one of their hosts over here as well it's a little cross-promotional gig
0: all right love it uh let's uh let's work together right all right greg Hectors, final thoughts
5: uh what was i gonna say um sorry i got my uh rig already going in the background here if you can hear the cars running around uh, i got a league race in about uh seven minutes here but uh I'm looking forward to uh, getting more laps done tonight or this week, uh, weekend to qualify for the Canadian Porsche series. Hopefully I can represent our team in that. And, uh, I look forward to getting at California for the first time, uh, Friday night here and, uh, get some laps done beforehand and get it, get used to, uh, what these guys are saying. I haven't had any chance cause I've been focusing all week on the Porsche car. Um, but yeah, I look forward to it and, uh, Let's hope uh, next Monday night's league race starts on time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. And uh, special guest, Will Gibson, thank you so much for coming on and joining us again. And you're, of course, welcome anytime. What are your final thoughts?
4: No, no, I'm just glad to be on. It was good to kind of catch up with everybody. And uh, uh, I didn't speak much there towards the end because I haven't done a lot of racing. So I didn't have any results. But uh, it's nice. I don't have to listen to the show tomorrow. So that's one less podcast i have to try to cram in this week um but no i appreciate you guys having me on and uh that uh first heart race is actually a, a week from today i just got an update on that so uh i'm looking forward to that and um maybe i'll uh come on a little more often here and there yeah we're happy to have
0: you um come on by all right my final thoughts uh wow this f1 nis style series has gotten my attention um I think i'm going to run it and uh and this kind of ties in with the wheel i want to buy and uh i don't think i'm going to pull the trigger on the wheel yet i'm just going to kind of bide my time uh see how the i've heard there's some firmware challenges with the cube controls i want to kind of see how that plays out um i don't know i i'm still on the fence on the wheel but excited about this f1 thing i think i'm going to try it uh nis i feel like I'm starting over. Uh my I rating is tanking. I'm headed to bottom split. Um, there's no question. Um it's just relearning how to drive after you know driving, you know, crap NASCAR, you know, low horsepower crap for the last two years. You can't start over Mike. There's too many down
5: in that split already for our team.
0: <laughs> well, I think I'll get it eventually, but uh I gotta figure out the 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 steering ratio of crap and I just feel like uh, I'm I'm not turning the wheel enough. Um, so there's just some work to do. And as David says, you can't really practice these things. You just got to race them to learn. So uh, that's what we'll do. We'll keep racing.
4: Did you tell him not to
0: practice? What the heck?
2: No, I told him to practice in A-opens.
0: Practice oh, by running Oh, okay, my bad. But wouldn't I just get to bottom split that much quicker if I did that?
1: Hey, practice sessions don't hurt.
0: Yeah, I, lose
2: I turned about 80 laps before I ran an, 80, an A Open, still. But you still learn more in just under race pressure than you ever will going around in circles.
0: Yeah, I run practice laps. I ran 25 laps, but I still wrecked. But uh, that's okay. I'm happy uh, that NASCAR made these changes. I'm happy we have horsepower, even though I can't drive it. But at least, you know, we're not running around here with the, the throttle down at 100% the whole time. Thank God we're not doing that. So with that, hey, we'll see you on the track later. Thank you for listening to the Racer's Lounge podcast. Make sure you go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.